Brittany Taylor. Welcome to the Perpessence Podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we met on a Facebook group called The Digital Era, and I happened to make a post on there, and you happened to uh, make a comment on there, and then we got a hold of each other, and we had like a like a, a few hours of conversating, and uh, it was really, really good, and I decided that, yeah, we need to have you on the show. Yeah, I know. I was really excited. That was a really good conversation. Yeah, for sure. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> and um Yeah, so like let, let's let's hop right into it. Like like who are you and like what's your like crash course origin story? Okay. Um I don't know how to distill it, but I will try my best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I am a single mom of two, and um, I recently became a single mother, as in, like, 2019. Okay. And essentially, I've just been on this uh, trajectory of growth, because my last relationship, when it ended, was, uh, I think, probably the most pain I've ever felt in my life, and... um, and after a certain point of hitting some lows in my own like financial life, my my direction with my career or what I wanted to do with my life and having to move out of my hometown, I threw myself into therapy and kind of had like my own little awakening. And, um, and then I started sharing some of my story online with my blog and even just on social media, just kind of sharing like pretty much from the, the end of the relationship to now. Um, what I was going through because I knew I was about to embark upon single motherhood and I knew it was about to get really shitty. Sorry for cussing, but (laughs) it was about to get really rough. And um, for some reason, I just felt like talking about it. It made me feel better. And um, as far as like what leads it into the conversation that we'll have primarily about today, um, as I started sharing about my situation in particular, and why I had to leave my partner and start over and all the things that were kind of culminating into what was going to be like my version of my rock bottom, I started getting messages from other women and they would say things like, you are so strong. I could never do what you're doing. I don't know how you do it. Or I'm in your situation too, but I have no idea how I'm going to leave. Um, and there would be all of these um, these messages, and I started realizing, look, they're going to stay in these relationships that maybe aren't super healthy for their children to be watching, and they aren't really modeling for their children what healthy love actually looks like. Um, so they're tolerating behaviors that they shouldn't tolerate, and they're staying because they think I have something that they don't, and. In that moment, I kind of realized maybe perhaps I should share what it looks like to kind of, from the beginning, um, just be open and vulnerable about this shift into single motherhood, whether it was sharing about getting Medicaid and benefits, going to the health department, having no money, having to hop from basement to basement to, to finally kind of settle in on a place that I still don't even consider my own. And having to, you know, all the things, like moving to a different town and registering my girls for school and how I'm going to work and still be there for my children and still co-parent. Like all of those things, I wanted to just deconstruct it and and demystify it so that other women might find that there's really no difference between me and them. And perhaps they wouldn't... um, they wouldn't surrender to this idea that they just didn't have what I had, that they weren't strong enough, and they wouldn't stay stuck if they didn't want to, you know? Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's that's key right there is uh, you're going to have to want to put forth the effort instead of doing the same thing every day. Obviously, what you're doing now is not working, so you have to do something that you're not doing in order for it to progress. Yes, but on top of that, 
there's that, I mean, as a parent, you know, um, there's that guilt of what you're about to bring your children through. Right. Not knowing, you know, you don't really feel like your kids are as resilient as they are, but you don't want to rely on their resilience. It's very guilt-ridden. These kinds of decisions are like incredibly hard and painful. Oh, yes. And you really want to take them through before you split your family up and take this step and go through financial hardships and start shifting their lives. And it's a, it's a terrifying leap. And what I wanted to do essentially was just demystify all of that so that <clears throat> maybe it will be hard, maybe it will be ugly, and maybe I'll have to ask for help that I don't want to have to ask for. But if you watch me go through it and you see me step-by-step step come out on the other side, walking in faith that I will do that, trusting my own guidance, going through my own business, and what landed me there in the first place, if you watch me discover and grow and experience the pain and I'm sharing that journey with you, then it's less intimidating than this magical story of, oh yeah, I was a single mother. It was the hardest time of my life, but look at me now. Right, right. Yeah, you're you're seeing the the play-by-play yes which is really hard to do for some people but i think it's really valuable in that when people can connect to you and your story with where you are right now instead of you on the other side of it where you've already overcome it and you've already kind of made it and i say that with quotation marks um or when you're in that healthy relationship and you're married now and you're just reflecting back on that time there's a different level of connection when you're when you're following somebody through their journey and they're being open and honest and transparent enough for you to see yourself in that journey and and really feel like you can relate to those and know what to expect if you were to take that step right yeah you're getting the raw information like it's you're not being there's no bullshit it's like it's truth it's raw you're not uh, hiding anything in the story. Like, it's all right there, just laid out. Right. And it's, um, it's the same goes for entrepreneurs. We talked about it last time. Like, when you hear somebody like Gary Vee talking about how it would be much better for you to have the self-awareness to know what makes you happy and do what makes you happy, even if it means taking less money and downsizing your house into a smaller apartment for the sake of doing what you love. There are, I have one friend that I know of who followed his passion and lived on ramen noodles. And it was so uh, empowering to watch him do that because I saw the light in his eyes when he went after what he wanted. But no, I mean, unless you know somebody personally, you're very rarely seeing people, especially entrepreneurs, you're very rarely seeing those people talking on social media about how they have absolutely no money, nothing to their name. They don't wear fancy clothes or whatever, but they are happy as all get out because they're pursuing their dreams. Why? Because they're probably head down paying attention to their dreams and working on that instead of playing around on social media. What you do see, though, on social media are all the people flaunting this dream lifestyle of working from their computer and being a mobile the rest of their lives and how they can do whatever they want whenever they want and um and it's really hard to relate to those people and i wish that there were more entrepreneurs out there who were talking about how they had absolutely nothing and they were putting all their bets on themselves and they were literally cutting out all the fat in their expenses because they really had something they were going after and they were so fulfilled even having far less than their 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 friends or other peers, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, it goes that's, for everything. Yeah, it does, and that's how this podcast started. As, right. I, it started as, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but like, let's do this, and like, I I'm still doing it. Like I I still have a job. I'm right. I've this podcast has been around for two years, and. It's doing pretty good. It's progressing. So, yeah, it can only yes. go. It can only go further the more work I put in. Right, but you are happy 
to work your other job and continue to pursue this on the side because it fulfills you, right? I would do it. If I would never do it full time, I would still do it. Yep. And that's, and that's what important. you should do. Yeah. Having really meaningful conversations with people that potentially affect other people in positive ways and share stories that other people haven't heard and then placing it out there for the world to hear, that fills your cup. And then yeah. if the listeners grow and your audience grows and maybe one day that turns into sponsorships and promotions, things like that, then great. But right now, you already have what you want out of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, this is yeah. what I enjoy doing. I get to talk with all kinds of people and then I get to tell the people I care about these stories. I get to share it with people who I don't even know that are listening, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, Absolutely. it's definitely awesome. And, uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, the uh, the relationship side, as in, like, uh, a parent, and uh, that's important as well to share your story. And that's that's what I did with the podcast. That was kind of the reason. Like, all right, let's see what's ticking inside of myself and uh, see, like, just kind of, like, see where I want my life to go. Yes. And then once I got that all situated, let's find other people and see how they're doing it. Yep. And everyone has their and own watch story. All the journeys have similarity. Yeah. And yeah. Like, look for the similarities and look for the, the conclusions that they're drawing, the lessons that they're, they're learning in their own way. Right. On their own journey. Yeah. I agree. I think when I first started originally, um, my goal was I'm going to gather all the resources for every everything that you would want to know about becoming a single mother and just like put it into a book, an ebook or something like, here's what you do first. Here's what you do second. Here's what you line up. But the more that I experienced my own pain and the more that I dived into therapy, the more I realized that at its core, it was about rebuilding myself and figuring out what got me there in the first place. Yeah. Because I knew that the rest of that stuff was going to be an uphill climb, but it's all methodical. It's all, you know, um, filling out paperwork and knowing where those resources are. But if you don't work on yourself and you don't realize what got you there in the first place and where that pain originated from and what you're trying to do when you pick these relationships that maybe aren't aren't ever going to be capable of giving you what you need because you never address what was there in the beginning. Right. Yeah. If you don't do that, then all the resources in the world that you're given will mean nothing. Right. And I, I basically, I was, uh, I wrote about it one time and I said, what's the point in having all the resources in the world to climb out of the hole if you're the one digging the hole in the first place? Exactly. Yeah. Um, if you're overlooking problems and red flags in your relationship and turning the other cheek, like, no matter what you do, it's not going to help because you're not willing to face the facts on what's really happening in front of you. Yeah, and how you got there in the first place. That's the yeah. most important part. If you can yeah. land right back in that position four exactly. years from now, Easy. which is what yeah. I did. You will. Like, if you, if you <laughs> yeah. like, no matter what, you're going to hop in a relationship. It's going to be great for a little bit. And then you're going to have that same problem because it's not really the other person. Like, yeah, it's it's both people at fault, you know. But, like, if you don't put in work yourself, how can you expect the other person to do it? Yes. And, um, you know, you're, you're the creator of your own reality. And if you don't realize what's running underneath, what, who's running the show? Is it? your inner wounded child or is it you and if your inner wounded child is running the show you can guarantee it's just gonna be same shit different thing oh yeah it doesn't matter yeah it's gonna be a 
a wild show. It's uh, you let your ego yeah. ego takes over, and anytime you're hurt, you react on that emotion. Yep. And you don't even see so, that's you consume. You are that emotion. You're not the the uh, all seeing eye with these thoughts and emotions that are like floating around and you're like aware of them. It's like you will consume the emotion that is like on the top, like of the surface, like that's who you are. Right. You identify with your emotions rather than observe them. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's really key. So like I said, when I originally, um, kind of set off on this mission. I was like, I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to share this ugly side of, you know, living in a basement and starting over and humbling myself, realizing at 31, I have nothing to my name anymore. Like, I have my car. That's it. And to really swallow that pill, but but know that there were women, you know, privately messaging me. I'm not going to, like, <laughs> they, they wanted to message me because they felt safe, they wanted to talk, and they asked me to keep sharing because it made them feel a little bit more comfortable about where they were. And originally, I took that as, okay, as I come across resources, as I come across these things out there in the world that are going to help us in our journey be a little less painful, a little less difficult financially, what have you, then I'm going to share them. And then as I dive deeper in therapy, I realized, no, I need to be sharing this awakening that I'm having, at least now, because I realize now that all of this comes from my self-worth, this comes from my identity, who I thought I was, it comes from my upbringing, my inner child, the work that I needed to do to observe when I was triggered and what that meant for me and where that stemmed from. It was all of that stuff, and I realized this is far more important than resources. So then it just kind of took off and I started wanting to write. I just wanted to spill my gut and say like, this is my fault. I got here because of me. I chose this. And what a revelation and how empowering, but at the same time, you're like, oh, I got to like, you know. Right. Like chewing on leather. It's like miserable to, to have to admit that I chose this for myself. But at the same time, um, it's incredibly empowering. And I think far above any other resource that I could share, this is primarily what I want to be, what I want to be known for is being strong enough to talk about this sort of awakening and this awareness that I've gained through all this pain and through this huge, like, um, upheaval of my life. And to really just say, like, it, it's terrible. It hurts. It's extremely painful. But if you make that commitment, to feel that pain, it will be the best teacher in your entire life. There's nothing that could teach you more than your own pain and what you feel in life. And to develop that kind of relationship to pain and let it show you either where you need to, to care for yourself, to show yourself some more compassion and the judgment that you hold over your circumstance, all of that stuff is so incredibly powerful and far more beneficial than just listing out where your local um, health department is. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. You have to be willing to accept that you are in pain and they have to be willing to surrender to it and look within. You have to f- face your pain and yeah, backtrack all the way back as far as you can remember, you know, when you're a child and you start to have, blips of memories and like try to really uncover who you really are because most likely you haven't done that and it takes it's not overnight it takes a while yeah it certainly does and it's never-ending work either so the more that you uncover and the more that you um, learn about yourself the more you realize you don't know the more like the larger this world becomes, I mean, the beautiful thing is that when you experience pain, it's an invitation to heal a part of yourself that needs you to notice it and to look inward and, and acknowledge it. Right. And so I've, I've learned in that 
experienced that when I feel sadness or when I feel pain for something, um, I just look up at the sky and I say thank you because I realize in that moment, and this is where my spiritual awakening sort of comes into play, I realize in that moment that my soul is saying, I can express myself through you, but I can only express itself so much. And until you acknowledge this pain and love this part of you back, I am limited to how much I can do with this life, this human experience with you. And I I know that that sounds a little like out there, but I truly believe that we are all, we are all spirits or souls having a human experience and that our egos are the way in which our souls move through this earth and do wonderful things. But when our egos are hindered by conditioning and trauma and pain that we're not willing to acknowledge and our shadow self that we're not willing to integrate back into ourselves and love back, um, when we do that, we keep our egos larger and our egos kind of run the show and our souls can only do so much with that. And so the more that we the more that we acknowledge um, that we can expand if we simply look inward at our pain and learn to love those parts of us, the more we're able to to do more with our lives before they're over. Right. It opens up new perspectives for sure. Like instead of be, having one view by the ego, which is like a societal view, a uh, yep. pr- primitive view, which we need to survive. Uh, but if you think about the bigger questions, which you you shouldn't if you have stuff you have to fix first, you know, like one step at a time, like, uh, you know, that uh, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, like something similar yeah. to that. So, like, you got to take care of the of the necessities and and try to fix that first before you ask like like who am i what am i and like what does this world really mean to me yes the existential question (laughs) right 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 yeah and you know I want to say it's in the moments or in our greatest amount of pain and despair that um, we have that opportunity to meet ourselves. And in most cases, in most cases, the ego is trying to protect us from that pain. And so we'll either do what we've always done, which is some sort of conditioning that we've got or some sort of coping mechanism that doesn't really serve us because it numbs us to our pain. So we'll do what we've kind of placate that pain and we won't learn our lesson and then we'll repeat it again and then we'll repeat it again and again until we do and I think so I have this this feeling one time I was driving it was like one of it was to me it was like a download and I and I thought to myself okay let's just imagine this for a second you don't have to believe it but I think that there are um, correlations to what we're taught through Christianity there's correlations in psychological um, teachings and spiritual teachings that all sort of overlap. But imagine there's this spirit looking onto the world and the spirit is saying, ah, I've got to get in. I've got to get in. There's this thing I want to do. I'm going to get in. I'm going to choose a human and I'm going to do this great thing on earth, right? I'm going to do something really, really good. There's this thing I got to do. And in order to do and affect good in this world, it has to take on a human experience. And so it chooses, let's say, you know, my spirit. This is, I know it's out there, but just imagine. It chooses me. And it says, I want this, I want this person born unto Terry and Paul. And I want her to have this experience. Because when she wakes up, She's going to have that passion and that drive to do that thing that I want to do, which is help other people with this type of pain or, I don't know, do something, whatever. 
And so over time, I grow up, and when I'm six, I experience trauma. And then when I'm 11, I experience trauma. At 16, I do. And then I have my first boyfriend. And he's kind of abusive. And so I run out of that relationship. And, and it was really traumatic. And within a week, I have another boyfriend. And <clears throat> run into another relationship. So that unfolds. It's very traumatic as well. And what do you know? I get divorced. And within a couple of weeks, I found another boyfriend. And all these times, my soul's been trying to say, wake up. Wake up. You feel this pain. If you just sit with this pain, you'll do that thing that I want you to do. You'll, do, you'll let me do this, this wonderful work here on earth before you die. And I feel like that is one of the reasons we experience those types of um, recurring traumas or why we repeat our patterns so that we can wake up. And when we finally wake up and recognize that we are so much more than just Brittany Taylor, born in Kentucky, raised in Georgia, you know, loves biology, whatever. We're so much more than that. When we realize it, we start to connect to this deeper part. We start to appreciate what pain teaches us. We start to, to look for little messages about what we're supposed to be doing in our lives and how we can expand. And I don't know if I'm doing a great job at explaining this, but every time I feel pain, I feel like it is my spirit sort of saying, okay, here's your opportunity. You can keep living like you're living, or you can love this little part of you back. Just take some time to look inward at what's hurting. Take some time to love it. And when you do, you expand. And when you expand, I get to do more through you than I could before. And every time you choose to heal those wounds, and every time you choose to, like, acknowledge that your ego is a construct, not completely who you are, every time you choose to do that, you get closer and closer to doing really great work before you die. And not all of us will wake up, but I think we have these similar experiences over and over and over again, because I think that it's meant to teach us that we had this purpose. And that there is something great that we can do, but we must wake up first and recognize that there's something greater in us, that it's not just about what we see on the outside. Isn't it kind of funny that when you do work on yourself, you do wake up or whatever you want to call it, um, that that's who you start attracting in your life? that one more time it's funny that when we do start to wake up that's who we what that's when we when we wake up that now that's who we're attracting in our lives yes, yes. because like attracts like your whatever yes. frequency you're on whatever level you're on you can call it a video game you know whatever but that is what you're going to attract because that's how much you put in is how much you get out of what you do. And you're going to yeah. notice that in someone else because you project that in someone else. You see a little bit of yourself in someone else. So, like, once you start noticing that, and then you're like, hey, this is a person that, like, wow, like, I don't know who they are at all, but I feel like I've known them forever. Yes, and I think that, that there's so much to that. I think there's you're operating on a frequency where you're going to run into more people who are going to get you closer and closer and closer to doing great work. And it doesn't have to be super spiritual work. It doesn't have to be like all philanthropic work. It can just be um, just something that you're incredibly passionate about. But when you, I think, recognize that there's something in you that's greater, when you deconstruct your ego, when you, when you acknowledge that you have conditioning that's making you this way, when you get to that place where you feel so much pain that you question absolutely everything, and then you realize it was your choices that got you there in the first place, 
then that opens up more doors. So why did I make those choices? And then when you explore why you made those choices, you start looking at your family tree and you start seeing how you're repeating patterns. And then when you start acknowledging that there are patterns, you start to see the world in like a matrix. <laughs> and I always describe it as like, there's this coding, right? So you have like um, a website or an app on your phone and there's coding behind it. And then the interface is your experience with that app and what it looks like. And I feel like the ego is the interface and the coding behind it is completely something that we have the capability of changing, but we have to recognize it's there. And a lot of us don't recognize it's there, but when we do, we break wide open. And we realize that our possibilities are so endless because we can take it apart and we can start saying, do I even agree with this? Do I even agree that I operate this way? Is it working for me or is it kind of glitchy? Well, let's repair that. Let's rebuild this. And then you start interfacing with the world differently. And as you interface with the world differently, you attract different people and you can tell this isn't meant to be like an uppity statement, but you can tell when people have have had those kinds of awakenings, who have kind of broken down, let pain teach them a thing or two. You can tell because they don't speak the same way. They don't react the same way. They don't value the same thing that, you know, people who, um, like I used to value what kind of car I was going to have or I used to value, you know, what my weight was and what size I was. Now, that's all just noise. None of that matters to me anymore. And you start to see that there are people out there who feel the same way. And, and it's pretty, pretty fun to spot them because you can have some of the most meaningful, inspiring, amazing, loving conversations. And you realize we're all the same. Some of us haven't woken up straight. Right. We are all very much the same, but also we have unique characteristics, you know, and I feel like, I feel like thoughts and creations and all that's not even ours. Like we can't own them. They come to us. We don't create them. Is like Ah, how I feel. Like what? Yeah, like little like pings, like, you know, just little pings, little yeah. inspirations, little ideas that hit you and yep. all of that. Yeah, like they come, they do, they come to you because you can't, like, you don't really think. They It just comes to you. You don't create it, like, so it's like, it just, like, it's floating around out there and it just happens to come to you. So, like, that's how I create music. That's how I have conversations. That's how I do everything. It lets me just be relaxed instead of having any anxiety. So you mean you're like a conduit. You're like this this conduit of energy where it just kind of flows through you. Where exactly. you're not you're not trying to control it. No. Exactly. If you do, you that that's being selfish. When you're trying to hold on to something, that's attachment anything attachment is not healthy in any situation love love is great right but if you're attached love that's that's turns into a bad thing people start getting well, hurt yeah i think attachment is like it's part of that human experience so it's like you have right. this you know you have this spirit this thing and when it's nothing but silence that's who you are yes who you are is who you are in the silence and that's yeah. where you kind of meet yourself and you realize there's so much more to you than just brown hair, brown eyes, glasses, what right. size shoe you wear, whatever. Right. And yeah. when you when you can recognize that, it's much easier to start maybe removing yourself a little bit from the story of your life and realizing that maybe you have a hand in how this goes. Right. Maybe I... you have control here, you know? Right. Yeah, I call that the silence. I call that the in-between. So, yeah. <laughs> so any in-between anything, in-between thoughts, in-between breaths, words, the, the, like you said, the silence, the stillness. Yeah. And 
You can share that with everything existing and non-existing, like alive or not alive. Like it's in everything there is. And that is what your so-called spirit that you're talking about is. Mm -hmm. That's what the universal consciousness is. You know, whatever it is, we can't, we don't know because we don't, we'll never know. We can just, we can just, we can just live in that. Like, we'll never know if there's like a a higher power, uh, like a a spirit or a universal consciousness or whatever, because it's just not in the human capacity to understand yeah, I I definitely think like we have this confounding sort of dissonance where we know we're aware that there's something greater going on here, but we don't quite know what it is. And so that's where our beliefs come into play. And that's how we kind of use our beliefs to make sense of what's going on, yeah. whether we choose a certain religion or we choose, I mean, you can just, you know, dissect that in so many different ways but I think we that's where our beliefs come into play our beliefs are are held so that they connect us they also divide us they help us make sense of the world but they also help us completely confuse ourselves yeah and beliefs are are the foundation of everything and and I think if you want to go any any deeper than that beliefs are, are simply something that we do to make sense of who we are so that we're less afraid of death I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about fearing the unknown and creating systems that sort of help us cope with that fear. Right. And I think, you know, that's perfectly fine. But people are set in their ways and, like, only believe in this belief where, for me, my belief is evolving every day by talking to people, by learning and all of a sudden, like, my my belief is evolving to somewhere else. And who knows where it's going to go. Where if you're just stubborn and you get stuck in your ways, like, you're not going to be able to grow. Yeah. Then you're, so then actually, you're in the fear of that unknown. That's what it is. You're clinging on to that because unknown is scary. The unknown is where you want to be because that's what's going to so, force you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, actually, um, I heard this said really well, and I want to say it was like on Lewis Howe's podcast, and I can't remember who was, who was talking, but um, he said, you know, I like to collect ideas, not beliefs, because ideas are just that. You don't have to commit to them. You don't have to make them permanent. They're just ideas. You go, huh, okay. Whereas beliefs require a certain level of commitment. And inevitably, as you go through life, something will come up that creates a cognitive dissonance that challenges your beliefs and makes you feel very, very unsettled because you've held it so tightly for some unknown reason. And it's comforted you at some point. And then when something comes along and challenges that, you have an experience or whatever, you learn something new, all of a sudden, your beliefs are your beliefs are challenged, and you feel like you have to give up this part of yourself because it became your identity. When you choose to accept a belief, you're choosing to kind of place that inside of you and sort of um, encompass that into who you think you are. And so, if you distance yourself from the idea of always collecting these beliefs and holding these strong beliefs, and you instead say, "I collect ideas, not beliefs." then you kind of live in that space that you're talking about where you're okay with the idea that things change, that as you get more knowledge and more experience throughout your life, that that your purpose may change and your ideas about who you are and what you're supposed to be doing on this earth and how things work, (laughs) they can all change. That's okay because you're not attached to them quite so much. Right. Yeah. That that's where yeah, that's that attachment's not it's not healthy. Everything if everything you've ever known comes crashing down and it is the exact opposite of what you thought it was, that's when you're in a 
you're in turmoil. That's when you're just like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a nihilist. Like it doesn't matter. Yep. Nothing matters. And that's what well, it happens. Can, it can definitely take a negative road for sure. It can, it can take you down a dark path because all of a sudden everything that you do is no longer certain. Right. And that's a really scary place to be as a human. Yes. It's uh, I, well, you have a, well, for, I can't say you or anyone else, but just me. I had a, uh, when I restarted my life, when I started rebooting and trying to recalibrate and decide like where I want to go, I had two routes. I would, so in, uh, per se, I would kill the ego, right? Yeah. And once I did that, I would have a lot of thoughts about about how nothing really matters because all we do is die in the end anyway. <laughs> so what's the point? I might as well just enjoy what I like to do in life and that's it. Not contribute, like just kind of just do that. Like don't really think about being a human being. I just think about myself. And, like, you could go that route, but also there's the what if. So what if that's what really happens if you're thinking logically or rationally? Like, yeah, we do die. That's all we do. Nothing matters. Human race probably won't survive that long. Like, it's we're just a blip. So what? It doesn't matter. But what if I just do it? Let's just humor myself, and why not just enjoy what I have in my life? And share that with others around me. And, you know, grow this garden, basically. Like, let's see what, what happens. Yeah, I think that when you go through um, a really dark place, and I think sometimes people term that as the dark night of the soul, when you sort of realize you have an ego, you realize there are different parts to who you actually are. You are layers of things. You are not just your name, born in blah, 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 whatever's on your birth certificate. That is right. not just who you are. When you start to deconstruct that ego and realize how it's not serving you, you have an identity crisis. And yeah. it can send you to a really dark place. And on top of it, a lot of times when you realize this kind of stuff, at least for me, all of a sudden everything I cared about was no longer relevant. I didn't care about the same stuff. I didn't want to talk about the same stuff. I didn't want to, I wanted to barricade my room and just stay in bed. And I wanted to either one, cry because it was terrifying two, research and find anybody else on the planet who felt how I felt. And understand how long it was supposed to last and what I was supposed to make of all of it. Because here I was like, well, who the heck am I then? Like, I, it's, just, it's, just, it's so dumbfounding to experience it. There's one, there's one thing, it's one thing to read it in a book and understand this idea of ego and then the highest self, you know, who's your higher self and um, conditioning and trauma, and inner child. It's one thing to read about it. It's another thing to have it all come smack you in the face. Yeah, it's and way really different. Expensive. Yeah, that's just like in, and, like in the medical field. You study it all day long, but you, when it comes time to it, you either got it in you or you don't. Yes, and when you feel it in your bones, that, I think, is when you start to experience sort of that dark night of the soul where you begin to really question what is the point of all of this yeah. and it can go to a really dark place where you start to think that this is all pointless nothing is as it seems and then when you come out of that because inevitably you probably will yeah you're supposed to go in it, but you're not supposed like, to stay there no no thank god um but as you ask enough questions, then all of a sudden things start to 
shift. And instead of it just being all about this despair of not understanding who you are and what this world is really and how you're ever going to connect to another person again, because I started feeling like, I don't even know if I can have conversations right now. I feel so strange. Mm-hmm. And um, But as you start to ask more questions, then the world kind of shifts a little bit and it seems more like a playground. And then you start to romanticize pain because it teaches you so much about your conditioning and your ego. And as you start to come out of that, it becomes more of an exploration of what it is that you can do with this time that you have here in your human experience and how you can make the most of it and not pass away with regret that you didn't wake up, that you didn't see what it was all about, that you didn't experience life to the fullest. And what I mean by experiencing it to the fullest is embracing your pain, getting to the root of how your conditioning and your traumas are holding you back from really and truly living an authentic life to where you can actually start making decisions that you want for your life, not just what kind of job you think you should have or what kind of house you think you should buy or how many kids, 2.5 kids in a fenced-in backyard. Like, it's no longer about that. It's about what you want. And the closer and closer you get to what lights you up, the closer and closer you get to your purpose and the more you connect with other people who are like-minded and then it starts to build you back up. It starts to give you that faith that there is something bigger here and this is beautiful, but it kind of takes going to that really dark place and really succumbing to this idea that you are layers and layers of self. If I should say like you have, I mean, even if we just look at it like this, you have your nervous system, you have your endocrine system, you have um, your microbiome. Those all operate synergistically, but they're all separate at the same time. Right, and they right. all impact us in different ways. And when we look at our body and how we're impacted by our food, but also by our exercise, also by our relationships with people, when we start to look at all of that, it's not that hard to understand that we could be a soul, we can be an ego, we can be an ego, we can be um, a body, we can be a microbiome, a host for all of this bacteria. I mean, we're so many things. We are not just right I little like, humans running around. Right. <laughs> I like to think that we're in the universe, and the universe is in us. So each and every single one of us has our own entire universe that basically mimics the universe that we're in. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. So like, that's why we're, we are creatures of exploration. That is what, that is one, one thing we're meant to do. That's why we have, uh, that's why we're, uh, pattern seekers. Like we, that's one of our skills and our computation so we can take in everything and learn more and get to the next level. So like if you yeah. have, if you have so the entire, yeah, if you have the entire mm-hmm. universe within, within yourself and the whole answer the whole time to your question of why does my life go this way? Well, your body's been telling you the whole time because you've had the entire toolkit the whole time. Yeah. And everything that you see out there in the world is a projection of within. So that's how I see that you are one with the universe. You can say the same thing with God. If you believe in God, God gave you the entire toolkit to fix yourself. So you're praying to him, wanting him to fix your self when he's like hey i gave you everything like i did everything the answer is within you need to look within so that's that's the problem i'm seeing is people's looking out instead of in well yes i think that um the more that i embrace pain the more lessons i learn the more lessons i learn the more i realize i had that all inside of me which is why it's so important to embrace pain. Yes. 
And that's, I guess, to bring it back around full circle, that whole embracing pain and learning my lessons and realizing that all of those answers are inside of me and kind of having peace in that, even though it requires feeling, <laughs> it requires yeah. feeling and it requires a certain amount of um, courage to be alone with my thoughts, to go into dark places every once in a while when they come up and explore them and ask those questions. But once I realize that I have all the answers inside of me, then it becomes that much more valuable. I get that much more peace. All I have to do is connect back to me. And if I share that pain through my own vulnerability with other people and they can see themselves in me and they can see me go through this pain and come out on the other side, they'll see there's something to it. And maybe perhaps they'll do that for themselves and they'll courageously go forth knowing that something's got to change. This thing keeps happening in their lives or this pain keeps coming and they just don't know what to do with it. They're passing it around like a hot potato. And if they can just connect with somebody who's not afraid to say, oh, God, this sucks. This freaking sucks. This is hard. This is hard shit. But they see me do it and come out of it happy and smiling and that much closer to a better life, living a little bit more authentically, loving myself a little bit more, then maybe they can feel it they're not that different from me after all, you know, I'm not this person who is so much stronger than they are. Right. Who magically knows what to do. Yeah. It's all about the right time and the right place. Like you have to be when you're in your existential crisis or, (laughs) you know, whatever your breakdowns or whatever, you know, you're very, very, you're at your most vulnerable. So you're looking for an answer, right? Usually someone's looking for an answer. They're asking all their friends and they're telling them the answer, but it's not the answer they want. So like you have to be willing to go search. So you have to be willing to not be set in your ways and willing to be open and like the right time, the right place. They might happen to hear you. You know, like it's all perfectly aligned. It just coincidentally, you happen to be putting yourself out there consistently. So it's more than likely someone will hear it or see it. And then they're in the state that you're in or what you used to be in. And now they can go oh someone else is going through that and now they're i'm seeing that they're kind of making progress and maybe i should like pay attention and start researching and all of a sudden now they're getting all the books you recommend and they're like trying to actually better themselves and they pull themselves up and now they're starting to actually feel like they have a backbone and starting to feel like a human being instead of an ego Yes. And so then they begin to have their own experience and mm-hmm. awaken. Exactly. Now they have their own story and hopefully, usually people try to like give back. It, it's kind of crazy when I, like I said, when I first started this journey, you know, originally mine was more of like a, like a dog yelping in pain. Like when mm-hmm. I first, said that I was going out on my own and that this was all new and terrifying. It was, it was to connect with somebody, just freaking get it out there, express how I was feeling and hope to God that somebody would say, Oh my God, I've been there, honey. You know, it's going to be okay or something. And then as I tried to funnel it into something positive to do, um, originally, just wanted to share those same resources that I was coming across. And then as I started to awaken, I realized, no, 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 no. I want to wake everybody up. And mm. I know that I can't. That's yeah. for everybody else to do when they're yep. ready. Yep. But it became completely um, enthralling to me to start talking about this because once I had that experience, I was like, oh my God, there's no other way to live. There's no other way to live. And to have this experience and to realize like, how different the world looks 
whenever you can awaken and start to see other people and their pain and start to understand how they're operating and start to understand how you operate and that it's actually something you can change and that it's, it's not this thing that you're indebted to. You're not just like this because you're a Southern girl or, you know, you stop believing these stereotypes. You stop accepting certain behaviors because you realize, no, these are in my control. These are completely in my control. And, and I can be a different person. And it's like tapping into this, this thing that I want everybody to have access to, you know? And I'm not saying I have superpowers, but I certainly feel much more attuned to my surroundings and I feel much more in love with the world. And I feel much more happy to experience pain. I feel much more welcoming to it. And through that, I feel incredibly um, wise because as I sit with it, I learn more and more. And you don't have to pick up a book to do that. It's in you. And it's an amazing feeling. Yeah. I think a good way to, like, like you said, you can't wake everyone up. But I think a good way is just talking to people. That's it. Like, you have to get to know them. You can't just be like, hey, by the way, and throw all this on them. Like, no, they'll be like, get away from me. But, like, if you get to know them as a person and not be selfish, but actually, like, listen to what they have to say and, like, ask them about, you know, their days or about things going on in their lives and get to know them. It's a long process. And then they start opening up to you. And then, like, you'd be surprised that how much they listen to you because you took the time to listen to them. So when they have a vulnerable state and they are going through some serious stuff and like said, they're going to do this thing when, when I can clearly see they don't want to do that thing that they, that they're saying, they're just hurt, you know, and they want to do, they want to stop the hurt. And you're like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You ever thought about like, maybe it's not entirely the other person (laughs) You know, maybe, like, we should calm down and look at the thoughts that's going in our heads. Like, stop worrying about the other person and what they're saying and what they're thinking. Regardless, you have to fix yourself whether you're in a relationship or you're single, either or. So you might as well just start working on yourself right now. And, like, you'd be surprised, like, like, how much people will listen to you if you take the time to to listen first? Yeah, taking time to understand people's pain and then asking them questions about that pain yeah. to help them just kind of see and gain that awareness that something bigger is going on here, that something deeper, and something is there's, there's something running underneath. There is, yeah. All of that. Yeah, it's like a and virus. And if they just ask, yeah, and if they just ask themselves enough questions, they'll get there. And when they get there, if they have the courage to continue to ask those questions and right. explore it, they'll wake up. Yeah, it's not everyone's going to do it. Not Well, more often than not, people are probably, yeah, most people are, probably aren't going to do it. But we can only, you know, hope that the more we do do this, that we evolve to more people doing it and then we evolve entirely that then we don't even have to do that anymore that'd be crazy well that's a that's what we talk about with raising the collective consciousness right so more and more people are waking up which is getting more and more people waking up which is getting more and more and i mean if you just you know even just looking at the work that like the holistic psychologist does on Instagram, she's teaching people how to be conscious observers, yeah. how to watch themselves from a bird's eye view and pay attention to their behaviors. Mm-hmm. And that will inevitably, if they will do it, that will inevitably lead to them waking up. Right. And she does this because she realized like talk therapy is, it's helpful in some cases, but not enough people can afford that. Not enough people have the time to go. And on top of it, 
they have answers inside of them. They can heal themselves, but they have to be taught how. And she teaches it through becoming more conscious. And, I mean, she has so many followers and people who call themselves self-healers because they're, they're being given the tools to become conscious. And when they become conscious, they realize they have all the other tools that they need. They just had to tap into it. And she's doing this beautiful movement, but you can see that this is a different world. People yeah. are no longer accepting the same ideas of what we should be doing for our careers. They're not accepting the same ideas of how we should be raising our children. Mm -hmm. They're not accepting the same ideas as far as um, where we live and how we, you know, are we going to buy a house and invest or are we going to rent and be mobile? Like, people are starting to really shift what it means to live an American dream, especially, well, here in America. Um, but then you also see, like, um, movements political movements and you can see people are waking up and they're fighting for that because they start to see things that are um that are not working yeah we, and we it, see things um, for what they are like we understand yeah like we the smoke screens and everything aren't working anymore it's no longer just these oh it's tradition or oh this is just what we do or oh this is just how we are as a people when yeah people are not readily accepting that anymore and it's beautiful you know even when we talk about um and you know we probably don't need to go too deep into that but um when we talk about you know this idea of transgender and what people are experiencing and um how people identify religion when we talk about all of that stuff we're starting to realize like there is no there is no clearly defined like binary um, definition of who we are. Well, yeah, technically we're just some... flesh bodies. We're, we're, we're hot exactly. pockets. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But yeah. How, how do you, and... how do you tell, you can't, it's, can't tell, you know, your, your coworker that's, you know, ranting about that. They're not going to listen. But essentially, no. yes, we are, it doesn't even matter. We're, our bodies, our egos, everything, that's just the vehicle, the vessel. Exactly. And what I'm saying by all of that is that we see these movements now where people are starting to um, stand up for other people and challenge mm. these ideas that used to be man or woman or challenge these ideas that used to be gay or straight. And they're starting to say, what the hell? What do you know? What do you actually know that this person is going through? How yeah. can you speak on their behalf? Because you're seeing through your lens. And when you have people at the forefront who are standing up for those who are marginalized and challenging the beliefs that other people are holding without even questioning them, that's a beautiful thing. Because it gets people stirred up inside. And when they get stirred up, they might actually look inward. And yes, it looks ugly, but you can see there's a collective consciousness rising. Right. And it's rising and rising because more and more people are starting to understand that we see things in this world through our own lens. And everybody has their own lens. And we have no right to tell someone how they're feeling, who they are. And there really is no purpose in continuing the divide because it only hurts us and brings us down. There's just so much to that. And I love watching it because it's you know, everybody talks about the political landscape being so divided and it's such a tumultuous thing and whatever, but but I think it's a result of people waking up and I think it's a result of people becoming passionate again. And for those of us who are seeing it happen and watching marginalized groups be represented more and people fighting for those rights, those human rights, I think that it's really a beautiful movement because it, it is, it is causing people to have to ask, like, do I really believe that this person has to be this way? Do I really believe this? Or was this something that I was taught? Is this something that I'm afraid of because of my conditioning? Is this something that I need to look inside myself? Why can't I accept this person for who they are? What in me is dividing from them that I can't accept who they are? And 
who am I to accept or reject them anyway? It's right. just, everything is a blur, but it's all so beautiful because when you play with it, you start to realize that all that really ever mattered was loving people. And they taught that in the Bible. Right. <laughs> you start to realize that this is all a fundamental theme. And the more we wake up, the more we realize, oh, right. it's all about love, man. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's silly. <laughs> That's what it is. And yeah, we've been doing this for ever since we started existing. Like, you know, people have known the whole time. May not be that many, may have been a person here and there, and then they slowly, now they're starting to write stuff, and you can look look back, like Buddha, Buddhism, like Hinduism, like yep. you, you see that in that text, like you see that people did wake up, it's like, we that's that proves right there that we've had the toolkit the whole entire time, Yeah, that any single one of us can do it. It's just the level of consciousness you have. So you have to start asking questions. You need to not be a zombie. You need to stir things up in your life, not do the same thing every day. Yes, and you have to be willing to accept your circumstances, learn from your pain. Yeah, and learning is huge. Yeah, realize, yeah, realize that you if you're just willing to feel and you're willing to kind of go forth courageously through whatever it is you're going through, because we've all got something and it's all heavy. It's all heavy. Like, I don't know one person that's not going through something right. somewhat heavy in their lives. And if we're just willing to sit with it and not numb it out and not try to cope with it, with our own little mechanism, and we just embrace it and accept it for what it is, we'll get there all the lot faster. We really will.